0: Hello, everyone. This is Sean Dubrovac from Avrio Institute.
1: And this is Ross Rubin at Radical Research.
0: Thank you for joining us for another week of Techspansive. We thought we would jump in into uh, some news around music, and specifically Apple Music, as it's starting to show up in the coming week on Amazon Echo devices. Uh, following that, we'll cover what's happening in the world of stories. We saw news that Instagram is if you will, reining in some of their features to allow a more intimate experience or at least an attempt at a more intimate experience. Well, YouTube is rolling stories out to all of their uh, key accounts, if you will. Uh, So I'm in DC this week. Ross, I know you're in Hawaii of all lovely places. Uh, Why don't you tell a little bit about what you're uh, gearing up for?
1: Uh, Sure. Uh, So uh, I'm here in Maui uh, for the Qualcomm Snapdragon Summit. This is the second year I've attended, and uh, the Snapdragon, of course, is uh, Qualcomm's flagship uh, SOC uh, chip. It's the chip that uh, is in a lot of leading smartphones, and uh, I expect that we'll be hearing a lot about uh, new chips and their support for features such as AI and machine learning and computer vision uh, and uh, new markets that Qualcomm needs to explore such as uh, automotive and these ambient computing devices uh, because of course competition in the smartphone market continues to uh, heat up for them uh, from the likes of, uh, of Apple producing its own chips and uh i'm sure we'll have more to say about that next week after all the news has been presented but uh it's a, it's a good segue to talk about apple's relationship with uh with other companies and how it can go back and forth between uh being better and and being worse and um you know there have been times that uh, apple and amazon have been uh, a, a little bit more antagonistic, but it seems that they have been cozying up a bit lately. We saw the announcement about Amazon getting earlier access to uh, apple's new devices mm-hmm. and coming on the hill in in exchange for clamping down on you know perhaps some third third party resellers and uh and And more recently that Amazon music is going to be available on Echo uh, devices. So this is a a big news, this is big news for Amazon, Uh, I'm sorry, for Apple Music, which has been far behind competitive services in terms of device support. And it, Sean, I, I think it really opens up some interesting questions about Apple's traditional model of tightly integrating everything. Uh, and how it has to deal in a, a new world reality uh, as it shifts more to content and services for revenue, which I know is a, a theme you've discussed here on the podcast a, a couple of times before.
0: Well, and I I think it also speaks to where they feel HomePod is today, um, and I think that is pr- probably the most difficult realization that they came to that. Uh, their preferred method is clearly to have, as you pointed, that tight integration. That tight integration in smart speakers would be HomePod and everyone would have a HomePod uh, playing in their homes and it would be playing Apple Music and it would be seamlessly integrating with everything that's happening on iPhones and iPads and Apple Watches and everything else that's in in the home. So it is a, a hard realization, I think, for Apple to make. And it's probably also a very competitive decision that Amazon made as well. Um, while they have had a, uh, you know, as you noted, a, a difficult relationship at time with with Apple, they have a much more difficult relationship with Google. And this probably hurts some of what's happening around uh, in the Google Home environment. And so it helps Alexa become a bit more competitive in that space as well. So it's a, probably a, a win for, for Amazon as much as it is for Apple.
1: Yeah, I, I think it would be, first of all, absolutely agree with you on this notion of the enemy of my enemy is is my friend, right? Both uh, Apple and Amazon have uh, Google as a much more formidable competitor right now, and uh, it sure would be interesting to see Amazon add support for control via Siri, uh the way Apple has done for for the HomePod, but the HomePod, you know, is a reasonably high-end uh smart speaker and Apple is just not going to get down to the price point of $50, $30 for uh an inexpensive speaker or speaker add-on. So in some ways this this is a good complement uh to the HomePod I think even though of course Amazon is going to uh is certainly going to explore that higher end and have more directly competitive uh devices uh to the HomePod and uh, perhaps more significantly uh have a competitor in in Amazon Music
0: you well, know, which, and i argued you...
1: competes with apple music yeah
0: and I argued when HomePod launched that the market for high-end, high-fidelity audio is, is actually pretty small. And so that's the struggle that I think Apple has found itself in time and again is how big is the premium market for different categories? As it turns out, for smartphones, it's pretty high. People want a premium smartphone they're willing to pay for it though we also saw this week that the the number one selling iphone since its launch was the the 10r and so even in that environment people want premium at a at a certain level within certain parameters uh you know but i think that the high end appetite for for audio is relatively small and that's going to be a struggle in this space
1: well, but they've they've also had some success with that premium approach and watches, right? Nobody else has really seemed to get a lot of traction there. And at least for now, in terms of where that wearables market is, uh, they have market leadership. You know, if the category really takes off, I'm, I'm sure we'll see some some stronger competition. But at least for now, no one certainly Google has really not been able to. Uh, Compete with them, in, well, in, and I, in that, I definitely uh, think that category. Apple can.
0: I definitely think Apple can own that premium space in any category. The question is, how big is that premium space? Right, and, and that differs by category. It also differs by region, and you can see that in the smartphone area, where they have had strong presence in that premium space in markets like the U.S., Europe. They have a harder time in other markets where you have lower income levels. Uh, and I think e- even in the watch category, they'll definitely own that premium space maybe for a long time. But how big is that premium space becomes the question. Well, how big can that premium space be?
1: Right. And, you know, right now they are, you know, when you see their presentations about market share, they're they're going up against real luxury watch brands, you know, Rolex and um Cartier and Movado, and you know these these are not high volume products. Um, you know, and it's it's a there's a big difference between uh, that level of of watch and a you know inexpensive Casio or, or fossil watch. So I, I think that um, on the on the latter front, uh, Google has been trying to court more of those fashion watch brands, but either the price isn't there yet, or uh, they're just you know, the applications aren't aren't demanding enough but but getting back to the smart speakers i mean apple music is a subscription product they do have a free radio component uh which i think is would probably be part of this distribution uh beats one we'll, we'll see if that happens but um uh does this does this help them? I mean, as they start to contemplate uh, being more of a services and content company, does scale become more important to them, or do they think that you know, hey, it's a subscription product. Uh, we don't really offer a free tier like our number one competitor Spotify does in that market. Um, what what does this what does this get them? Does it you know is it is it just a way to reach a, a broader audience are they going to pick up some subscribers by doing this because that seems to me to be the the ultimate goal of of what they need to do with apple music right
0: yeah pick up subscribers and also keep existing subscribers so keep Mm -hmm. the subscribers they have and offer them the ability to listen to music in in other areas and so because spotify has such strong presence in that smart speaker category it's a compelling reason to to change your subscription to Spotify or something else every time you ask a smart speaker to play music for you, uh, and, right. and even Amazon is competing pretty strongly in that space with their own offerings in in within their ecosystem. And so, I think you're trying to retain customers while you while you build the platform.
1: That's that's a great point, and it'll certainly be interesting to see where else Apple goes with this. I mean, for a long time, it has seemed as if uh, Sonos was a really perfect kind of partner for Apple Music but uh certainly not there at this point we we have seen Sonos work with Apple on to some extent by saying it's going to adopt their what what still seems to be pretty nascent uh AirPlay 2 uh networked uh audio uh standard so uh what what they do in the car uh I think is is another interesting open question but but you know here you see amazon which of course has its own services uh but has been more open to uh understands its role as a as a platform provider with alexa and has been open uh to having competitive features on its uh devices competitive services like netflix and uh a whole host of uh, music services that are compatible with with Alexa, Uh, and also on the agent side, uh, one of the few collaborations among these kinds of uh, agents is between Cortana, uh, Microsoft's agent, and Alexa. So maybe we'll start to see a little more chatter between uh, Siri and and Alexa as well.
0: Well, and I think that is a a huge question, because uh, I would argue that given the, the network effects that they've developed, Amazon has been able to accelerate the deployment and the development of, of Alexa. And so you're seeing Alexa mm-hmm. pick up new skills, new languages, new contexts much quicker because of the tremendous amount of user data that they, they're, they're able to capture and feed back into the environment. So machine learning is their friend when you have a big network and, and that has hurt Siri. And hurt Apple mm-hmm. as well. So I would argue that Alexa has a leg up, and even Google has a leg up when it comes to the user experience with the agent.
1: Uh, certainly in the home market. Um, so, so yeah, I would agree. I, I think that in quite a few ways, it's uh, uh, it seems like a good partnership and and a good complement of interests and strengths. So uh, we'll see where where things go from there, but. I- uh,
0: And I definitely agree with you that in car becomes a really killer application. That's still Mm -hmm. an environment where consumers are listening to a lot of content, and having a seamless experience in that environment could be a a really important development uh, for. Yeah, we've
1: seen both. We've seen both companies do stuff in the car, but I would say up till now it's really been more kind of at the dabbling or experimental state. They I don't think either of them have made a you know a huge push. Then again, of course, car makers move kind of slowly uh when uh, when it comes to these kinds of things and maybe it's a connectivity thing as well. You know, we saw Sirius XM, uh another music service, a premium subscription music service double down uh a bit a while back and, and pick up Pandora. So uh that company has some uh, reckoning to do over the next few years as we start to see wireless networks become an even more potent competitor to satellite, uh, which is how they have uh, traditionally delivered their their music service.
0: Yep. I, I agree completely. So more to come on that front. Uh, let's now shift to The news about stories, as we mentioned at the start, YouTube is expanding their Instagram-like stories to more of their creators, giving anyone who has over 10,000 subscribers the the opportunity to use the the tools. And on the flip side, you've got Instagram allowing you to share stories with uh, closer friends as opposed to just a a broad publication. Um, Your your thoughts on these developments, and they seem to be dividing in, in different directions.
1: Yeah, you know, somewhat similar to our our last discussion, I feel like Google is kind of the unspoken force behind behind the scenes um, in in some ways. So for I, I think the Instagram piece is is the more interesting in some way. Uh, we, we've talked a little bit about how teenagers and millennials use use Instagram, and uh, there for a number of years now, there's been this phenomenon called the the finsta uh which is uh, a a fake Instagram account that uh teenagers set up to share, you know, the the real life updates uh that they wouldn't want on their on their public Instagram because I think, you know, somewhat to the to the credit of of a lot of these uh, young people they are wising up to the idea that, you know, people are paying attention to what they say. And uh, a lot of these things, you know, even though stories are something of an ephemeral format, uh, there are always ways, almost always ways, for things to be captured. Uh, And so, you know, this Finsta idea was that, you know, I'm going to create an account that is not overtly linked to me, And I'm only going to tell my close friends about it, and that's where I can post things about, you know, how I hate this teacher or my parents are a drag or, you know, I'm having uh, trouble with this, um, you know, romantic interest or whatever. Uh, And, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to see why Facebook would not like that idea because they want to have uh An integrated picture of who you are, and if you are creating these extra accounts to talk about how you really feel uh then that of course you know interferes with their their knowledge of you so <clears throat> um, my question you know is is will teenagers adopt it you know will they feel more comfortable? uh in just letting their inner circle access these posts or was there something to it being divorced from their real identity that was in some part you know the the real appeal of what they were doing
0: well, uh, well i think as as the father of two and a half teenagers one uh, one <laughs> just nipping at the buds I'm right on the heels of of his older brothers. Uh, you know, I see them really trying to manage their online presence. Um, when when I think about Finsta accounts, obviously you've got parents that are constantly trying to figure out what their Finsta accounts are for their for their kids, and so that's probably you know part of it, trying to constantly manage around that. But then also they they really do want to manage their online presence. I I see as I watch uh, the. That cohort and the peers of my my children they'll go in and they'll delete old photos they'll sometimes mm-hmm. wipe their entire accounts whereas <laughs> o- older uh, users tend to view it as a as a historical timeline um, and certainly that's how Facebook has been treated where all those pictures surface and and largely get remained maybe on occasion they're being untagged or untagging themselves, but for the most part you leave it there um, I see that cohort of teenagers will go in and delete all of their photos from Instagram when they're just ready for a fresh start, or if they don't feel like the photos <clears> that are posted or uh, align with their, the, the persona that they're trying to capture and curate and, and um, convey. And so you see them really trying to, to manage that. And I, I can see that becoming a, you know, a u- unique feature for, uh, for children.
1: It's, it's kind of, <clears throat> Excuse me, <clears throat> sorry. It's uh, it's kind of funny because um, the whole idea of stories, the whole nature of stories, was that they expired, right? That's sort of what Snapchat understood, and that made it easier to be more authentic because at least it raised the bar, or you know, it it, it made it more difficult for people to create an archive of of controversial content, although, uh, as I said earlier, nothing is, you know, really uh, irretrievable, you know, it's very difficult for something to be completely irretrievable. But um, with with this new uh, initiative, it seems like Facebook still doesn't quite get it, or perhaps they're operating on a scale or their business model doesn't really allow them or doesn't really serve the interests of of allowing them to embrace that. So uh I agree, you know, with with what you're saying about how teenagers love that flexibility and just like stories were disposable posts in many ways the finsta, you know, the idea behind the finsta account was that it was a disposable account, you know. You want to distance yourself from stuff that you may have posted there. No problem. You know, you just delete the account and start over and tell your your buds, you know, your buddies about uh what your your new finsta is. Uh so uh I I guess I'm I'm a bit more skeptical that this will be Embraced, or or perhaps uh, it won't be embraced in quite the same way that that a Finsta is. Maybe it maybe it opens up this idea to people who haven't gone to the trouble of creating that. So,
0: well, I, know, I, it, I
1: think there's a place for it. Yeah,
0: it it also competes directly with Snapchat and their ability to do custom stories, and mm-hmm. it, you know I I find within that cohort of of young teens. Uh, parents, at least within my circles, are more willing to let their children have Instagram accounts than Snapchat accounts. And so they're looking to integrate similar features and things that make Snapchat attractive, but putting it in a in an Instagram shell so that those who have Instagram accounts can take advantage of it. And so it really is competing head-to-head with, with their old rival Snapchat.
1: Sure, and you know they've proven very adept uh, at doing that. I think, in fact, I saw uh, there's some talk about or uh, you know shareholder lawsuit uh, against Snapchat for underestimating the the threat of Instagram. So uh, it's it's certainly been a uh, very a very pronounced thorn in in Snap's uh, side. Um, and now with YouTube, we've got kind of a completely opposite uh, approach to stories, whereas this uh, Instagram initiative is aimed at keeping things, you know, a little bit on the quiet, a little bit on the down low with the the people you really trust. Uh, But for everybody, this is going to be marketed to their top content producers. Uh, And, you know, YouTube has always been, Kind of this quasi social network, you know a little bit, I mean that, Google has always kind of tried to push it that way a little bit and and you know as you mentioned earlier, this is really a way for their top <clears throat> content providers to uh, communicate you know with their audience uh, in particular between I would guess episodes of their of their video blogs or you know whatever their subscribers are are uh, are signing up for in, again this this idea of of an authentic way that um you know m- maybe allows them to do these uh lower production value kinds of things to augment it and and drive that relationship and the one thing they have in common is keep the people they care about on the platform right uh as um people people try to Steal talent uh, with varying levels of, uh, of success away from YouTube
0: well, and that goes not just to the curators and and creators on YouTube but then also to their customers because now there's so many competing options for them, whether it's going to twitch instead of YouTube or going to some somewhere else Now this is a way of of engaging not just the creators but also the the creators audiences and I think it really is driven by the alerts. This becomes mm-hmm. another alert, another Pavlovian trigger that's gonna cause a subscriber to go to that channel and they can engage at some level. It, the stories are up for a longer period of time. It's not a 24 hour window, it's a seven day window. And so I see it as a another trigger to drive engagement with the audience and keep them mm-hmm. coming back, which then in turn drives greater viewing time and makes that those advertising relationships worthwhile to the advertisers who are on these platforms. And so...
1: And, and it, I... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, uh, you know, I was just gonna say, I, I think uh, it's interesting to see this coming on the heels of reports that YouTube is going to move away a bit from paying for original content and move into, at least on the premium content side, uh in into ad supported content you know we're seeing it kind of first gained uh some traction this idea of ad supported movies instead of a subscription netflix like model sort of first came on the scene from what i you know can can remember with the sony crackle service and now we're seeing uh some other uh companies adopt this model uh if you ever go to uh voodoo for example walmart's uh video movie movie sales website they they have a you know quite a quite a few movies available for for free viewing uh and you know it's it's again that freemium model that we we talked a little bit about with um with Spotify uh earlier on so you know Google has this unparalleled i think it's fairly safe to say uh online ad uh sales presence and um and so youtube is is a big part of that it is it is a nexus for video advertising and so the I, the argument is play to your strengths you know uh keep uh you know keep your stars producing this ad generating content and complement that by offering uh ad supported premium hollywood content instead of necessarily trying to Compete with with Netflix, I I think directly, uh, and and Amazon. I think it's a um, uh, I, I think I think it makes makes a lot of sense. I I think it's you know very complementary video sources, and of course YouTube is you know kind of a monopoly, you know pretty much a monopoly when it comes to that uh, that that generated you know that consumer generated stuff. Even though to your point. Uh, Amazon is making a move with uh, with Twitch.
0: I also see new devices showing up too. So Google Home has pushed mm-hmm. out the, the Google Home Hub and that I think will become a very natural platform for YouTube content because obviously YouTube will integrate into that smart display where it doesn't integrate into some of its competitors. As a result, based upon where you're placing that device maybe it's in the kitchen you don't want to sit down and watch a full youtube segment or a full youtube Mm -hmm. episode but a story is a good fit and something that you just play your stories of the channels to which you subscribe while you're in the kitchen doing other things and so it's a different type of engagement but it's an engagement that keeps the uh, the audience coming back and engages them in different ways, so it could become a, an entirely different experience for the end user. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, with that, Ross, you're in Hawaii, and I know your day is just starting, so you should go out and enjoy the sun. I look forward to hearing <laughs> what you uh, what you learn from Qualcomm. Obviously, they uh, are making a big push and have taken a leadership position in 5G. I actually saw my first five G commercial from Verizon last night. And so we're starting to see that really move into the the uh average market, if you will, the the common view of the consumer becoming more aware of that and starting to promote that. So I'm sure you'll hear a lot about that in between drinks on the beach and uh sand between your uh your toes. So and to- uh,
1: and in what i'm what I'm sure is a complete coincidence uh when I got to the airport, there were these um big signs uh in the uh baggage claim area from uh big ads from intel uh promoting its <laughs> its uh its leadership or uh in in five g and how it's doing all all of these things to uh to help bring us five g so um so the you know the race continues to uh to move on and um you know i'm i'm sure that over the next uh couple of years we'll be uh we'll be seeing some some great advances in moving uh moving wireless forward uh and uh i'll be i'll be here sharing uh sharing some some thoughts on that next week
0: Good. Well, thanks, Ross. Have a great week. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And uh, definitely sign in next week for our next episode of Techspansive.